Alright guys, welcome to the latest episode of The Heat Locker. My name's Luke Martin. For those that don't know me, I'm the head instructor and coach out here at Sydney West Martial Arts. We're a jiu-jitsu, mainly Brazilian jiu-jitsu and martial arts academy based out in Penrith. Um, I'm a jiu-jitsu black belt and um, you know, basically the idea behind our, our podcast here is that it happens from our sauna that we've got in the, in the gym. It's uh, generally got good acoustics. We apologise for the slight humming. There's a there's a uh, air conditioning unit that runs during the day, so there's not much we can do about that. But we are trying to continually work on our sound gear, so we've got some some better quality stuff at the moment, and hopefully this will will come out well for you guys. Um, quickly, we just touch on our sponsor. We have a sponsor for the podcast. We have Endless Combat. They're an Australian. Um, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu mixed martial arts brand that supply apparel, so they do things like rash guards, shorts. Um, they do the shorts in, in children's sizes as well. They do jumpers, hats. Jump on their website, endlesscombat.com.au, and uh, they got some good gear. I we wouldn't attach ourselves to these guys unless we were happy with it. I've got the rash guard and shorts. I think they're phenomenal, and um, give them a go. If nothing else, give those rash guards and those uh, and those shorts a go. You think you'll be very uh, very pleased with that. They're an Australian brand. Nice quick shipping. If you do happen to buy something from their website, use uh, the promo code from us and you'll save ten percent. So use the promo code HeatLocker ten, and that will get you a ten percent discount on whatever you buy on the website. Uh, so what today's all about? Today's podcast we are going to break down the jiu jitsu competition that happened on the weekend the ADCC Sydney Nationals uh, happened yesterday. Uh, we, had a, we had a team in there, we had a good day, we had a huge day. And I just wanted to, I don't think there's anyone really breaking down stuff on the local jiu-jitsu scene. And I know maybe that's because there's only an interest from people within that scene, but who knows, hopefully this will get out to some people that might find it interesting that either weren't there on the day. I'm just gonna try, I'm, try, I'm gonna try not to give too much of, too much of my own opinion as far as you know, negative or positive, but um, I'm going to go through like the winners of divisions and just some of the standout performances that I saw that I thought. Um, remember, I've got I've got no um, uh, no no like direct affiliation with anyone, so I'm only just just going off what I saw. I'm not sort of just pushing my friends or my teams or anything like that. Um, so for those that don't know, the ADCC is um, it's the Abu Dhabi Combat Club and uh, they've been around been around for a little while and just going off their website the idea was basically some super rich sheiks over in Dubai decided that um, decided oh sorry the, um, the UAE decided that they uh, they liked grappling I mean they're just mad for over there it's absolutely crazy and he'd, he'd watched the UFC and he got right into it and these guys got you know more money than we could even imagine, and uh, he he basically decided to create the uh, Abu Dhabi Combat Club. Um, it ends up becoming one of the one of the biggest, if not probably probably not even there's probably not even any argument that it's the biggest submission grappling tournament in the world. It's the most prestigious, I should say. It's the one that you, as a no gi grappler, it's the one you want if you're the champion of, of a particular year. Uh, in, in the ADCC, the finals, you're you're the man. You're the you're the guy. 
Um, so basically they have sort of three levels now. They have the finals, which are the, you have to qualify for that. You have to have won your national trials to get to that. So the finals, they're on every two years and it's the best guys in the world. And there's um, two guys from each weight division from each area. Uh, so area doesn't mean your country is like an area. So for us, it's like Australasia. It includes Japan and, and Australia and a um, bunch of places in between. So um, that's the sort of ideas behind it. And, and it's just a tournament. So you lose your out and you progress forward and, and the last man standing. They've got an interesting concept where some of the matches are no points and some of the matches points. That is there to ideally promote people to to want to try to do things because they're not worried about losing points. And then after that, it becomes a points match and then progresses forward from there. Slightly different points to a normal federation competition also. Um, then you've got the trials. The trials happen as two trials for each area and, and that's how they source their people for each weight bracket, weight division. And then you've got what they've added um, recently, which is the national national titles. And the nationals aren't anything to do with the finals or the trials. They're just a standalone competition. And it's basically like a really good opportunity for your average Joe that might not go to the trials or might not um, you know, travel. Like the last few trials have been in Kazakhstan. Might not travel for that, but might be happy to do a, a local comp under those rules, under the ADCC banner. And that's exactly what happened Yesterday, it was the ADCC Nationals. Um, slightly different timings for matches, slightly different um, in the way that the, the trials and the finals are only for, there's only one designation of skill, basically it's professional. Whereas the Nationals, they break it up for basically beginner, intermediate, and then what they call professional. So it's a good opportunity for, you know, right from white belt through to your, your advanced black belts to, to jump on and compete under the ADCC rules. Um, generally, uh, there's, there's uh, and, and I might not do this justice, but the Australian representative that looks after all this is John Donahue. Um, I don't know John well, but John's out of Melbourne. He's got his academy in Melbourne, and we haven't had it in Sydney for a very long time. And if you listen to last week's podcast, we had George Hanlon on, who's the Oz Sub Only director. And George basically had the brainchild of going, look, we haven't had ADCC in, in Sydney in forever. How can we make this happen? He talked to John. Before you know it, we've got some national trials that are now come and gone. So um, hats off to George for organising that. That was phenomenal. Uh, it was a good day. And I just think more the more good opportunities for, for grapplers to compete, the better. I think it also pushes all the different promoters to keep stepping the game up and running a slick comp and being organised and being on time and being reasonable with pricing and, and just all the things that people are looking for. And uh, I think there's nothing nothing but a positive thing con- compared to when maybe in the older days there was less to choose from. I mean, there's a lot more people doing jiu-jitsu now, so ideally there'd be more competitions and, and that's the way it's happening. Um, so, yeah, so so without going too deep into the history of ADCC, it's it's the, the big, big no-gi tournament that you want to be part of. Uh, first one was back in 1998, every two years since then. And um, you know, if you look at last year's last year's brackets, it was very exciting. There was some some real real standout performances, and that's where um, Gordon Ryan, who's who's John uh, John Danaher's sort of prize prize student, uh, really kicked some ass and took out took out some very high level grapplers, guys like Craig, local guys like Craig Jones and Lachlan Giles and Kit Dale, um, you know. All uh, and I'm, I'm probably forgetting people, but uh, you know those guys went in there and performed very well. I mean, Lachlan Giles, 
in the under 76 division, under 77 division, I think it is. He um, he went in there and went against like a guy. He, he made it to the semis, I'm pretty sure, against a guy, JT Torres, who I'm pretty sure ended up taking out the final. So, like, Australia's got some really good guys right there at the top of this. So it's not like you've got to just to have come from Brazil to, to, be, to even be able to be thought about to be do well here. You, you can be an Australian guy who's trained in a gym and, and do well. So those people out there that want to make it their thing to be an ADCC champion it's it's most definitely a viable thing but you know it takes a lot of work and a lot of dedication I mean the same way it's crazy right now we've got a, a current um, middleweight UFC champion he's an Australian he's a you know young guy Robert Whitaker. so the world's all upside down everyone thought that you had to be Brazilian everyone thought that you had to be American to do any well but that's not the case uh, so basically, what I run, want to run down is I want to run through. So I'm bringing up this uh, this tournament was was run with the Smooth Comp software, and the idea behind Smooth Comp, from the little that I know, they're a software management company that are made for jiu-jitsu competitions. And from my understanding, all the bigger competitions run it. And uh, after now experiencing it, I've been aware of it and I've seen it televised, but I haven't been live for a Smooth Comp run competitional tournament I've got to say that they're, they're the way to go they're, um, and I've got no affiliation with them at all there was phenomenal there was um, basically it's the same as always you you register so we've got our team Sydney West Martial Arts is registered with Smooth Comp so any competition that uses that software people my students can go yep I just slot in there under that banner and um, they've got their own profile and their profile's got all their information and all their competition stuff they can easily adjust if, they, if their weight changes a couple of weeks out. They can adjust. It just takes a lot of the the middleman work that makes these competitions a bit frustrating, especially for competitors and for promoters. There's no more you know, 500 emails coming up this time. Oh, my son's changed his weight or my, oh, I've just got promoted to blue belt and what do I do now? All that can be done online basically right up until you know the brackets are created. Then you, once the brackets are created, you can see, someone's registration's closed, you can see who's in your comp, well, you can actually see who's in before they close. Uh, it's just really good. It sort of makes everything quite open. Um, they, uh, and then on the day, so every every mat has a, has a television screen on it. If it's your match on, it's got your name there, it's got your flag, your country of origin, it's got the points, it's got the time, it's, it's just really simple. It also is live, so they update they update the match. They go, yep, um, Joe Bloggs wins this match. That all gets put into the database. There's no more scribbling around pieces of paper. That updates the, the, the there's like a big screen they've got running that keeps track of the divisions that now puts him in the next bracket. It's it's just good. And it, it was very, I thought it ran very well utilizing that. And I, I found as a coach and uh, end competitor that it was, it was good. Um, I personally didn't compete yesterday. I definitely would have liked to, and you know, this is right down my alley, is submission grappling, ADCC rules. They allow all, that professional allows all submissions, so heel hooks, basically everything's on. You can even slam out of submissions, so it's a it's a pretty cool format. Uh, I've, just, I've been sick the last few weeks, and I just couldn't get in shape for, for the for the match, so a bit disappointed with that, but we, we got to see some you know, phenomenal grappling, so it uh, had me itching on the sideline, but... I'm just going to go down. I'm going to get this info out of Smooth Comp, and um, you know, share it around. If you, if I'm having a chat about anyone on here that you know, share it around with them. This uh, this podcast, and you know, let's try and get get behind this. And I'm going to try to keep 
pushing Australian BJJ and uh, Australian grappling. So all up, there was 58 gold medals given out, 56 silver and 39 bronze. Uh, I don't know how that works. I mean, I assume that it should be, unless there were some brackets that didn't have, there might have been between kids and some of the female divisions, there may have not been three people. That might be why those numbers are like they are. Or else by rights, there should have been the same amount per division. Um, uh, there's 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 a bunch of there's all so there was beginner intermediate and then the, and then the professional. I'm I'm gonna maybe this might be bad, but I'm gonna just I think we'll have too many people if I go down through everybody. I might just have to make my way to um, to the intermediate uh, to the intermediate and maybe I just do the the absolute. So. Um, the, me the beginner absolute, so the abs for those that understand what I mean when I say absolute, um, this was also quite good the way they did it. The way they did the absolute here was you had to medal in your relative weight, in your in your weight division to be able to then apply to do to do the absolute. And what the absolute is, is just the open weight uh, bracket that, that can happen at the end of the day. So everyone under that, say beginner or intermediate or professional, so for instance, all the professionals, all the guys that medal for each weight division can then go over and say, yes, I want to go into the absolute. They then put together a bracket and then we see who's the best grappler regardless of weight. And that's always really interesting because basically the winner of that is the man. But a lot of the time, the winner of that is a fairly large dude because you know if you're, if you're all of similar skill level, the bigger guy can make stuff work. And the fascinating thing yesterday was that... Um, I'll talk about it a little bit later, but there was a, a monster that walks around at about 75 kilos that won the absolute division against some legitimate legitimate monsters, some big guys. So that was pretty cool watching the absolute division. Um, so the absolute in the beginners was run was won by uh, Nikola Gajoski from Roots BJJ. So that was all of the beginners putting together. That was naught two years of experience from uh, from memory. Let me, I'm just scooting through now our intermediate divisions. Um, and I apologize for any dead air here. Um, there was the young uh, young Tito, Tito Carle. He's, um, this kid's the one to watch for the future. He's, he's 16, literally just turned 16. Um, been popping up at Grappling Industries and, and Oz Sub Only and a few of these competitions. He's, uh, he's a young Islander kid. He's only, like I said, he's only just turned 16. He's a kid. He really is, and I mean no disrespect when I say that. Um, he's been a green belt in jiu-jitsu because you can't receive your blue belt in BJJ until you're at least 16 years old. So at 16, he gets given his blue belt, which is you know more than earned. But this kid, as a 15-year-old, was in beating legitimate adult brown, and I think, I want to say he's even tapped some black belts in competition. Like, it's just ridiculous. He's a big kid, like at, uh, at, at that age, he's still, I think he's about 90 kilos, maybe. He competed in the under 100 kilo division, so he's probably in the mid 90s. He's a stocky little fella. But, uh, man, like, he's, he's, he's so calm. I've competed against him. He's strong, he's aggressive, and you have to legitimately be careful. It's not like I'm wrestling a 15 year old kid. Like, you have to legitimately be careful. He's aggressive, he'll go for stuff. He, uh, he competed in the intermediate division in the under 100 and he, and he won that. So congratulations to young Tito there. Hats off to him. Uh, let's see what else we got. There was, there was masters divisions as well, which was 
which was cool that there was an opportunity for guys in the over 35 um, division to win. And then now we get to the absolute for the intermediate. And yeah, T- young Tito won that as well. So congratulations. That's, uh, that's a huge effort. So young Tito, Tito Carle won his weight division and he won his, uh, his absolute division. So hats off to him. Uh, moving into the professional division now, I'm going to just shout out the, um, the winners. So Ken Fan. Uh, awesome black belt out of Cabra Kai Academy. It's his own academy over in um, Cabramatta. Congratulations to Kian. He won the under 60 kilo division. Uh, in the under 65 ki- uh, division, Xavier Sales out of uh, Baja Blacktown. Um, congratulations to Xavier. That was I watched those matches. There was some there was some very uh, very nice stuff going on through those matches. Uh, young Daniel Mitchell at a Universal Combat Academy got got bronze in that one there. So he's an up and coming kid, another one to watch for the future. Then uh, moving into seventy kilo under seventy kilo division, uh, Ali El Kehir from Gracie Hamata. I don't know Ali well, but um, that was another you know stacked division. Kaya Tamura, he was a dude from uh, Brazilian dude. There was a few Brazilians there that I didn't know that were were of a good level. Uh, legacy. Legacies, uh, you know, they must have a room full of black belts over there because everyone that all those legacy guys seem to be Brazilians and they're black belts. So, congrats to those guys for putting on a, a big show. The under 76 kilo division, this is actually a friend of mine, uh, Nobby Quandike. Uh, he's, um, I think I'm saying that name right, Quandike. Nobby's a, Nobby's a killer. Nobby, uh, when I was in New York training at Henzo's, Nobby was over there. He's a he's a real progressive guy. He's he, he's up to date with the sort of new school jiu-jitsu, the Danaher style of stuff. Um, really, that was a pretty stacked division, and, and had a very impressive day uh, working. I think I want to say he submitted his way all the way through the final, included. Uh, really slick stuff, nice stuff on the legs. He's a, he's definitely a young grappler to watch, and also a pro pro MMA fighter. He's at a team Perosh in um, in. Oh, not Concord now. They're close to Concord. I can't, I can't tell you, but Team Porosh MMA. And uh, shout out to the guy who came second there, Hayden Limbeer. Limbeer. Uh, I don't know. Hayden just came out. I hadn't seen him before, and he came out, young, fit guy, and made his way to the final, submitting a lot of good guys, and he was very good. So uh, congrats to him also. Uh, then you had the under-83 division, which was a bit of a sore point for me. That was my my weight division and uh, was taken out by Ethan Thomas. So Ethan's this young guy I wanted to talk about. Um, he's he's a, a super, super bright talent coming up. Um, not all that big either. I want to say he would have been well and truly below 80, 80 kilos, and he, he he went you know more than fine there. Uh, he's, uh, he's out of Gracie Baja, Oceana. I don't know exactly which school where he's training at, but he sort of trains at a few different places. He really concentrates on his wrestling. He trains with a friend of mine um, at a few different places doing wrestling, which is sort of the better guys in Sydney float around to a couple of different places. And on a Saturday night at Sydney Uni is definitely the place to be if you want to work on some wrestling. And I know Ethan goes in there and, and works with those guys. And his wrestling was what sort of stood him apart from these other guys. When he needed to, he could hit takedowns. And um, I mean, apart from that, he's a sharp brown belt. Think he got his brown belt from Marcus Neville. I want to say uh, he's another young guy, bright future with MMA. I think he's five and one as a as an amateur. Watch him for something uh, in the future. Uh, second, there was Josh Allsop. Josh has 
has been on a tear lately. Josh was, when I was teaching at an academy in Seven Hills back in about 2012, I think it was, Josh used to come as a white belt and train a little with us. And I remember from the beginning thinking, this guy's, this guy's got some talent, this guy's good. And um, you know, Josh is right there at the top. Uh, last Grappling Industries, I think he won the gi, his weight division and no gi, uh, sorry, and, and the uh, open weight. He's on a tear right now, so Josh Allsop's another one to watch. He's out of uh, Gracie Baja, Blacktown. Um, then we had the under 91. This one was a bit of a close one for me. I coached my one of my young purple belts uh, into this one. I always had another one of my purple belts competing this. The the winner was Paul Stoiler, uh, Paul Stoiler out of Southside MMA from up in Queensland. Um, Paul's Paul's a machine. He's a first degree black belt. Very good competitor. He won the absolute division just recently when I was up in Coffs Harbour at the Coffs Harbour Invitational. Um, Paul tends to win a lot of a lot of the submission grappling competitions around, and uh, he's he's teammates with the big the big Serbian Euros, which I'll talk about in a sec as well. So definitely they're pushing each other to new levels. Uh, second there was Rick Alchin. The uh, you know Rick, you probably know Ricky. He fights mixed martial arts mainly, but he's getting in there and. Competing at uh, competing in the submission grappling, he's also a black belt. And then third place out of Sydney West Martial Arts, out of out of my gym, is uh, young Richard Pappas. Well, we call him Dick. Um, young Dick's a, a prospect for the future. Again, when I say young, like I'm not, I'm not super old, but I'm 33 this year. Any of these guys that are sub 25, I'm calling young. And uh, when we look at the level that they're at compared to the level that I I was at at that age, just it's phenomenal to see where things are going, and I think we've got some exciting times ahead for us. Um, yeah, young young Dick did very well. He he went out there and performed our game like we wanted. He ended up having four matches and losing one. The only one that he lost was to Port Paul, who ended up winning the gold medal. I think um, I think if we were on the other side of the bracket, it would have been Paul and Dick in the final together. And um, Dick heel hooked everyone everyone else that he that he had he heel hooked you know beautifully with a couple of inside heel hooks and. And an outside heel hook. So, congrats to that young guy. He's um he's really kicking ass. And to think to think where he's at at purple belt now is is uh exciting for me. So, again, I'm a little bit biased there, but I wouldn't I wouldn't say he was if he wasn't. Uh, then we move to the under hundred kilo, and this was an interesting division. There's some big muscly boys. Uh, you had Euros, uh, Chilik. Euro, Euros uh, has been winning just about everything he's been going in lately. He looks, he's basically the Serbian Captain America. He looks exactly like Captain America, but then talks with a Serbian accent. Um, the first I saw of him, I went and competed in Grappling Industries Brisbane, beginning of this year. And I rocked up to Brisbane thinking, oh, this would be a good warm-up for later in the year. You know, these guys, I'm sure, I'm sure are good, but you know, it's Brisbane, it's Queensland, there's not as much around. And uh, first of all, that's, that's a, that's a wrong mindset. The, the quality of grappling up north is phenomenal. And that comp was as hard as any Sydney comp that I've been in. And uh, and then this big guy, they rolled out. It's like they, they they pried him out of a crate and smoke and shit came out of it. And out appeared this dude that looks like Captain America with muscles everywhere. He's about six foot, I don't know, six foot three, six foot four, broad, um, looks like Dolph was it Dolph London the guy that Rocky fought yeah it's just it's, it's ridiculous and um, he's a black belt win, was winning everything in Serbia he's, he's come to Australia they shipped him over here 
and he's at he's out of um art art uh, suave and uh just kicking ass so he came down no big surprise he took out the he ended up taking out the division there um close second was him him and harry were in the final harry gretch if you don't know harry gretch he he's the guy that basically win, has been winning everything in submission grappling in the last few years harry's a, a huge big muscle man judo brown belt jiu-jitsu brown belt catch wrestling um background phenomenal with the with the kimura or the the two-on-one um He's not. He's known as Harry Kimura. He's the guy that he can make the Kimura work from anywhere. He'll he'll give his back up. He'll give up just about anything if he can, as long as he can jump onto onto a Kimura. He's happy. And uh, I've actually competed against Harry. Oh, I think about seven times now. I've beat him once. He's beat me all the other times, which is um, a bit of a sore point. But he's just he's just very good at what he does. And uh, it's very interesting when you see him go with another guy his size and strength because then they can they can go at it. All of a sudden, it's it's a battle, and uh, that's been those two have been pushing each other lately. They actually were the final in the uh, Invitational up in Coffs Harbour as well. Um, and in that time, Euros got Harry with a uh, a sub in the third overtime. So uh, those two are these two are having some interesting battles, and I think I think definitely some exciting stuff for the future as far as where that leads to with um, maybe the next ADCC trials and, and just general stuff for the comps. So hats off to those guys. Um, in the plus in the plus 100, these guys are even bigger again, which didn't make sense. Um, we uh, ended up with uh, Duke Dedia. And Duke is a... Duke's out of Elements BJJ in in uh, Canberra. And uh, I know the guys down there, they're, they're a great academy. Um, good guys, a friend of mine... Um, friend of mine Steve Rudick who, who's another good competitor he's he's out of there as well they got some great guys Duke is a Commonwealth Games competitor for judo so he's got great takedowns I think uh, you'd have to have him in the top three top three light heavyweights in Australia for MMA he switched over to MMA now and, and he's starting to get going with his MMA career I think Duke's probably wanting to make some waves and move move towards the UFC and I think definitely has that has that ability so congrats to Duke for taking out the the big man over 100 division there there was some some monstrous guys there um there was also professional masters professional masters were there as well uh sorry guys i normally have my phone off while i'm doing these but i've got it on today so that i can read these results for you off the internet but of course somebody's tried to call me so if uh, if you can just pretend that didn't happen, that'd be good. Pretty unprofessional of me. The Masters division was good. Masters for ADCC is 35 and over. And um, the guys there were, were still phenomenal. It was actually you know, probably more black belts in that division than there was in the other one. Um, the the under 76 was run by Robert Arnold. Um, I can't say that I remember all those matches. Um, the The one that was quite interesting was the the division, the under 83 division in, in the professional masters. That was won by Tiago Braga. For those that know, don't know Tiago, Tiago's been one of the Brazilians that's really been the staple of Australian Jiu-Jitsu for, for probably the last 10 years now, I want to say. Tiago used to be out of roots. Um, he ended up uh, starting his own academy called Legacy. And uh, Legacy are you know, really high-level guys. They, they've got uh, a couple of locations now. And they're based in the city. From memory, and um, yeah, huge congrats to Tiago there because 
Uh, I know how hard it is as a coach and as a business owner to do that and to try and compete, especially at a high level. And you're really putting your head out on that chopping block when you do it. And uh, and Tiago went out there and he ended up taking out gold. So, you know, big congrats to Tiago. And uh, him and Bernardo Magalhaes ended up having a good good match in the final. Went to the went to actually to an overtime and Tiago ended up taking uh, Bernardo's back from the standing position at the end of the match and, and scoring the points there. So it was a it was a very tactical match that one. And Bernardo uh, is out of he's 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 now Hibero Jiu Jitsu Australia. And Bernardo is uh, also a ex UFC fighter. So you know tons of respect for Bernardo there getting in there and. And competing, so that was two, you know, high-level black belts getting in there and doing their thing. So, hats off to those two guys. And um, yeah, third place there was Rodrigo uh, de Silva, and again, Rodrigo's uh, another Brazilian dude who's a black belt also. So that was just a stacked division there. Um, the winner in the uh, plus ninety-one, uh, under ninety-one for the Masters was uh, Arnaldo Cardoza. Again, I can't say that I watched all of those matches, so I can't speak too much on that there. And the under-76 was Richard Kemp. Congratulations to Richard Kemp out of Kemp's uh, MMA in... Um, he's down south. I can't remember the actual place where he is, but uh, congratulations to Richard Kemp there. Just got his brown belt recently. Uh, recently. Um, now, this was, the, uh, this was the interest one. The absolute, the professional absolute. This is, the, this is for all the, all the cookies. This is the one that you want to win. It was uh, it was an interesting division. I threw my young purple belt in there, and uh, unfortunately for us, they they obviously it's a random randomized draw. We end up drawing uh, Euros, the big Serbian, in the first first round, and uh, the the size and skill of Euros was a little too much for my guy, and we ended up getting uh, submitted with a head arm choke late in the match. Uh, you know, good back and forwards match, but then from there, um, Ethan Thomas made his way through to the final. And he ended up in the semis, running into Euros, the big Serbian. He beat he beat him on points in a in a really exciting match, just because of the size disparity. Ethan's uh you know Ethan's mid maybe mid seventies, mid to late seventies maybe. Euros is is a solid hundred kilos of shredded muscle, and you know he's a black belt. Ethan's a brown belt. Not that belt means everything here, but it was a very interesting match. Ethan probably had the wrestling advantage. Euros probably had the jiu-jitsu advantage, but. The way it all ended up plugging together there was was exciting, and um, uh, Ethan ends up beating Euros with uh, with two points. He beat him with a takedown, takedown points, and uh, ends up beating him. There was a pretty interesting slam out of an omoplata there, which was exciting. It looked like Euros had a had a omoplata on on young Ethan, and he ends up lifting him up and slamming slamming on his head, which was crazy. <clears throat> that then pushed us into the final. The final was Harry Gretsch and and Ethan <clears throat> Ethan Thomas. And um, these two have competed together before in uh, Oz Sub Only last year, I think it was. And in that at that stage, Harry ended up winning a decision, but it was a close match. And then this time, young Ethan managed to get his revenge and score. He scored on Harry. Uh, I think it might have been a guard pass, but I'm, 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 it might be evading me the actual technique that scored there. But Ethan ends up winning the match and, and taking out the uh, double gold, his weight division, and the absolute, which is. Hats off to the young guy because trying to win those big man divisions, those absolute divisions against guys that are big and strong and black belts and and, and tough competitors is is very hard, especially if you're undersized. So uh, again, watch this young guy, Ethan. He's uh, he's something something for the future there. And uh, you know, from what I understand, didn't even train as much as some of us do for these comps. So 
pretty exciting there. Um, in the women's divisions, I'm just going to flick through. The, there was a fair, they were fairly small. The women's uh, the women's divisions. I thought I didn't see uh, I didn't see as many girls. I'm not sure why, but um, you know that's that's the case. That's all right. So we had in the I'll just give the results for the professional division there. So the uh, professional in the women's in the under 60 kilos, Olivia Ukmar from King's Academy. That's Elwood Center Six Academy over at Moorbank. She she took out the gold there. Um, Olivia is a, a you know strong purple belt, good up and coming MMA fighter. So definitely definitely one to keep an eye on there. They don't have the women's open weight. Uh, the women's absolute. Uh, okay, so there might not have been a women's absolute for professional. I think there was only a women's absolute for the intermediate. And that was taken out by Maria Asha Ratcliffe. So congrats to her from the Philippines uh, out of Deftac Hibero Jiu Jitsu. So I'm not too sure where they are. I haven't heard of that before. Basically, um, yeah, there was a full kids division as well. I'm not going to go right through the kids stuff there. But. From what I saw, super exciting stuff. Um, some really good matches. Interest, some interesting stylistic uh, matchups there. The only, the only thing that bothered me, maybe slot, not bothered me, but what I did notice. Just bear with me, guys. I'm going to try and move some of my sound gear down onto the floor so that it doesn't get too hot. Okay. What I did notice was. So the way I see the ADCC rules is the time, the timing here on these national comps is a six-minute match for professionals and intermediates and a five-minute match for the beginners. And what uh, the time, the half, so in the intermediate and the professional, half of the match is no points. And then at three minutes, the, the referee uh, lets everyone know that the score the points are now on. And, and then you can score points. So the idea is try and push people to do stuff because they're not worried about getting scored on. Then we can score points if we need to later to, to get a result. That's sort of the idea from my understanding. But what I found from some people, they took it a different way. Some people take it, all right, well, I'm not going to really do anything for the first three minutes because what's the point? And then I'm going to do something when I need to to score points. I mean, there's, it's, it's just the inverse way to look at, at that rule set. Um, you know, and that's all power to however you decide to approach it. For me personally, and I'd said it to my guys, I said, guys, we've got three minutes there where no matter what happens, you're not going to get scored on. Let's go through, let's cycle through positions, let's go for stuff. If you get the guard pass, if whatever happens there, it's not a big deal. Um, there was a lot of matches where there was sort of stalemates, guys not wanting to give up top position. Top position is sort of king in ADCC and takedowns become a lot more important than a regular jiu-jitsu match because uh, you're penalized for guard pulling. Now, in the no points uh, segment of the match, you're not penalized. You can sit, you can pull, that's fine. As soon as points are on, if you sit or pull to guard, you give up a minus point. And for some people, they're not willing, like in a close match against a good guy, maybe that's, maybe that's too much of a risk that they're not willing to take. In the final, for instance, negative points are on from the beginning. So even in the no points period, if you pull, you're, you're stuck now at minus one. And what it does a little bit is it creates, I mean, it's interesting, but it creates guys, it creates a competition where, it, where guys start to focus more on the takedown. And 
you talk to a lot of people, this is a good thing. That a lot of people don't like that modern jiu-jitsu has become who can pull guard first. Um, that's maybe a talk for another day. I, I don't... I sort of agree with both mindsets here. I think you should have takedowns. I think you should be able to take down. But I also think that if you're in a rule set that allows it and you want to get work off your back because you're stronger there or you can score points from sweeping or submitting, hey, all power to you. So uh, I'm not too too emotionally invested to either side of it, but it was an interesting layer to the day because you had some guys going out there going, yep, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull and work from there off my back because I'm not worried about points being scored. Then you had other guys who were like, no matter what, I wanna be on top position so that I can score from passing and taking the back and mounting and knee ride and all this sort of stuff. And uh, I found what it did lead to in some matches was a lot of just both guys getting a collar tie and pushing each other around. And if they're both, either they're both very good wrestlers, they cancel each other out, or they're both very bad wrestlers. When I say bad, I don't mean it disrespectfully. I just mean their their level of, of wrestling. When I say wrestling, I mean like freestyle or Greco wrestling. Their takedown ability is maybe not as high as a, as a good American wrestler, for instance. Um, you end up with this funny match where they just push each other around and it can become a little bit, can become a bit painful, can definitely become painful to watch and can become painful uh, for the competitors because really their only way their score is, especially once the points are on, is now to not give up uh, top position. You go to the bottom, you give away minus points. So that was definitely interesting and I think more so in the beginner matches. So there was three mats. There was the professional mat in the middle. It was sort of like the crown, the crowning jewel in jewel in the crown, and then they had the intermediate and the beginner match either side. And the mat, sorry, and that was good. You could always look at the mat and know exactly. Okay, they're professionals, they're beginners. They're, that was I like that. That was that was definitely something to that. I think maybe if that was done more often, that would be very. Uh, I think that would be a good thing. You know what you're looking at on each mat, um, but. I've got to say, the beginner mat, there was a lot of matches where people were just sort of pushing on each other. And that's fine. They're beginners. They're still learning jiu-jitsu. They're not to two years. It's all still coming along. But it, it definitely made for some matches where we're getting a lot of decisions and a lot of decisions, a lot of decisions. Then they have two-minute overtime, so you have a seven-minute seven beginner matches consistently. And I found that that was a bit of a... I don't know how to get around that. I don't think there is a way. That was just That's just going to be part of it. Obviously, you don't experience that maybe as much at the um, at the trials or the finals because they're all professional guys. So, if you've got a guy who's going to pull to guard, he's going to pull straight away. Um, and I, I might not be doing it justice, but I think I think in the I don't know if in the finals. So when we're talking about the finals, uh, the ADCC finals that come around every two years, I'd have to do my research there. I don't remember whether you can pull to guard in the no points period without a penalty or with a penalty. I'll have to check that because, uh, you know, you get a guy like um, the Danaher guys who, who work exclusively generally on attacking you from bottom position if they can, if the rule set allows. If it then penalizes, it, it sort of forces you into wrestling. And I know talking to a couple of buddies that train at Hanzo's uh, who are part of the team there, they said coming up to that ADCC, they worked more wrestling than they've ever worked before. And you actually saw that in, in Gordon Ryan's game, for instance. Gordon Ryan was taking guys down um, and stopping takedowns like a lot more than he would normally. So that was definitely an interesting layer. So yeah, those that those that like the idea of ADCC, there's plenty of there's plenty of. And I want to say, I don't know where they 
I want to say that you can watch it maybe on Flow Grappling. I think you've got our Flow Grappling and you can watch the ADC, the last couple of years anyway, of ADCC. So um, you know, jump on there if you're on Flow. Flow can be good and bad, but definitely um, if you can jump on and look at some of the stuff in the catalogue there, that, that's, that last ADCC finals, there was some phenomenal matches on there. Um, yeah, anyway, out of yesterday, a, another great competition to add. If we can do this more often, I think it's going to be exciting. Uh, the competition scene pushes forward here in Australia. We've got uh, we've got grappling industries coming up. We've got Oz Sub only coming up in both Melbourne and and in Sydney. So I feel like we're really quite lucky. Um, we've got the the qualifiers just happened for. I'll give a quick shout out. The Boa Eight competition um, is a an eight man tournament that's been put together by um, guys down in Melbourne. It's, uh, it's huge. They're putting a $20,000 for the winner up as the prize. Um, they've got some guys like DJ Jackson. They've got Lachlan Giles, I think, is in it as well. I think Craig Jones is in there as well. Maybe maybe Lachlan's not. Maybe Craig's in there. I mean, they've stacked this thing. And they had one more spot left. And um, on Saturday, they ran their qualifier. And they, they had eight guys that they brought in, eight of the better guys around and made them all compete in a tournament, and the winner then got the last spot on Boa 8. And uh, Brazilian Bob, I call him Brazilian Bob, I don't know, his name's um, Bob diaz Ferreira's. Uh Sorry, Bob, if I'm not doing your um, name justice there. Bob's out of one purpose, BJJ. He's up in Queensland. And a uh, super nice guy, another Brazilian that's come over just to try and make something of, uh, of, of living over here and, and teaching jiu-jitsu phenomenal competitor he won the weight division i was in for the four-man invitational in coffs harbor recently i think he's known as the number one in the gi he's the number one black belt at um at his weight division and he ended up taking out that uh that eight man uh tournament for boa so he's now the eighth man into the final now so congrats to brazilian bob he just keeps making his way through the competition scene and and it's exciting to actually have a competition scene now and there's different things and uh, it's, I feel like it's it's becoming a thing now and it'll be even more of a thing if we actually start to follow the individuals that are within it. So start to get to know who's doing these comps. It'll only make it more exciting for you as a, as a spectator as well. And also for guys that are coming up, it also makes them want to be part of this and be like, I want to be that next guy that's in there that people are talking about and, and that's uh, you know got a bit of notoriety. I think that's a really cool thing. And I think it's not done all that well. So maybe if this is received well, if people enjoy this podcast where I'm talking about the local comp, I will uh, I will try to continue to do that. Um, I'm going to make no uh, bones about the fact I'm probably going to focus more on the no gi submission grappling side of things. I'm not I'm not a massive gi player. I, I I'm a black belt in the gi. I, I teach in the gi, but I'm not. That's not my passion. It's not my focus. And uh, my focus is submission grappling, and uh, that's why things like ADCC, OSSUB only, grappling industries, and then all of the, all of the small ones that are shooting up here and there, um, that are sort of starting to accept the more open rule sets. Um, they're the ones that I want to focus more on, and 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 I think there's a only a bigger culture involved in that more and more. Um, there's a there's one that we're now preparing for the Central Coast Open, run by Tiago Fajera. I think I'm saying his name right there. Tiago's got, I think it's Gracie Hamata Central Coast. Um, sorry if I got that wrong, Tiago. Tiago's a great guy, another Brazilian dude. 
Uh, Tiago was actually refereeing on the weekend at ADCC, so he knows his stuff. He's a, he's a very confident guy. He is running the Central Coast Open in on the 15th of July, so it's still a few months away. And what he's doing there that's interesting, he's putting up a, a tournament where each academy puts forward their two best guys for a no-gi, uh, guys and girls, so two best guys, two best girls, for a no-gi submission-only grappling tournament. And uh, it's sort of like a team thing. So, you know, I pick my two best guys, whether it's myself and one of my other guys, and we, we go in there and, and between the two of us, it's open weight, open belt. We have matches and I don't know the actual format exactly, but we make our way through and the winner gets some money. So, I mean, that's that's exciting. That's interesting. And I take my hat off to these guys for trying to integrate things that are more exciting. So, jump on their website and have a look at that. Um, hats off to him for not just following the standard protocol of what jiu-jitsu comps have been up until now. I think we need to change and evolve and I think that's definitely happening, which is pretty sweet. So, um, good job there. Again, I'm not I'm not affiliated directly with any of these people. So if I'm talking about them, it's purely because I like what they're doing and uh, and I support them and I want to see them do well. It's not that anyone's paying me or anything like that. So just keep that in mind, guys. I'm not I'm not here pushing my own agenda. The only own agenda that I'm going to push is my academy. And and uh, I mean anyone that has their own academy obviously has faith in that that that's uh, you know something legitimate that they'd like people to to come to. So. I don't think um, that's a surprise to anyone. I'm going to can it there. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Hopefully the sound turns out pretty well. I'm trolling this different sound setup. So hopefully you enjoy this, guys. Hopefully I'm loud enough. Hopefully the buzzing's not too bad. Hopefully you enjoyed the content. And uh, and we'll re-talk soon. And I'm hopefully going to have another guest in coming up uh, next week. But uh, just a quick shout-out to our sponsor, Endless Combat. Endlesscombat.com.au if you go to their website and you happen to buy a rash guard shorts, jumper, whatever you buy, uh, make sure you use the promo code HEATLOCKER10 and you'll get a 10% discount. Uh, the number one submission grappling academy out here in Penrith, Sydney West Martial Arts. If you're interested in training, you want to try jiu-jitsu, you want to try something different, check us out. Go to swma.com.au, check out our website. And uh, thank you very much, guys. And we'll talk again soon. And congratulations to George and all his team at ADCC who put on a phenomenal competition. And it's not just George, but just the, uh, the whole team. It takes a whole team to organize this. So the referees, the timekeepers, the, everyone that made that run, it was a very enjoyable day. And, and congratulations, guys. Uh, hats off to you. And see you soon, guys. Bye.